0: awesome we're recording hello everyone hi
1: you're listening to talk Talk crooked the social justice and comedy podcast for two friends laugh cry and rage about an unspeakable subject while enjoying
0: adult beverages my name is Kay
1: I'm Carrie
0: (laughs) and I had a shot the last time we recorded
1: this (laughs) (laughs) yeah this is take two
0: um but i am not having a shot or wine again today because i ate all of my it's calories
1: it's also yeah. too hot today it's like it's just truly too hot it's like
0: 88 degrees it feels like 100 fucking degrees here i was so hot like all day
1: 200 percent humidity or something crazy like that like we're yeah. in a swamp today (laughs) and it's too hot for everything
0: i have been drinking so much goddamn water in just the past two weeks but i am having a nice refreshing dr pepper or diet dr pepper and cream soda nice so lovely nice
1: i'm drinking Mm. water again i've just been guzzling and guzzling and guzzling yeah
0: i like i have never drank
1: can never I can never not be thirsty. I'm just guzzling and guzzling because it's so hot. Yeah. But you also want to be outside because it's summer. But then it's like, ugh, all right. But now I look like I have bacon on my face. Yeah. So (laughs) it's just.
0: My mom, (laughs) I came home from work and my mom was asleep in the pool that we have out back. Nice. And I just was like, I'd really like to kill you. (laughs) Because I got Living to spend best life. <laughs> I got to spend my day at work, and then I came yes. home, and she was lounging in the pool, and
1: I was like, mm. "Oh, goodness, oh. that
0: sounds amazing." I need to get yeah. a pool. We so, just got like a little family-sized pool, and yeah, that's what like, I'm saying. I just yeah. need
1: something to soak in outside, yeah. so. Um, well, anyway, you guys, um, you probably noticed that we did not have a Crooked News episode this past week, and um, that was because we were partic- we were participating in the podcast blackout. Um, it just didn't feel right. Um, we left our we left Monday's episode up because, of course, it was relevant to what was going on. Um, exactly. But it didn't feel right to really. It didn't feel right to follow that up with funny beach stories and <laughs> poop. <laughs> stories and, yeah. and poop humor. So um it didn't didn't really feel appropriate. So and we wanted to we definitely wanted to show our support and in the only way that we're able to.
0: Yeah. Um Um and I talked a little bit when we were recording this. Um I talked a little bit about how I was um participating because I don't feel comfortable going to protests just because I don't feel comfortable Going out and being around that many people and possibly getting COVID. Um, Well, see, that's the
1: (laughs) thing with me, too, is I I'm if if I wasn't pregnant and respiratory compromised, I would probably have participated in a march or something like that, because we definitely had one in my county that I could have gone to easily. Mm -hmm. But I can't in my physical condition, I can't really risk getting getting a face full of tear gas or, you know, Mm -hmm. (laughs) like I'm not my body is not my own right now. So that's that's not help. That's not healthy for me that's not a healthy choice yeah so that's, like this is the way that we felt we could be supportive and show our solidarity
0: and um I, like i also in that same vein i have people at home that can't get sick like if i got right. sick with covid it would be whatever but if the people in my house it got sick like that wouldn't be fair to them and it would destroy no. my life so really bad yes yeah. yes yeah, so, so i um
1: we if this I, wasn't in the also in the middle of a pandemic. This is like a dumpster fire on top of an earthquake. Like, yeah.
0: <laughs> it's just like, it's uh, crazy. It's the worst. But um, I did mention when we recorded this last time, some petitions that uh, one of the people I follow, Loie Lane, she has... She has been so active on Twitter about this. I love her. She has donated thousands upon thousands of dollars uh to this cause she Honestly, um that's
1: what we need to be doing if mm-hmm. if you can as if you're a white if you're a white person who listens, the thing that we need to be doing is we need to be quiet on the social media right now. hmm It's not for us to have opinions right now, and you need to retweet or repost things from black um from black social media users and um if you are able to donate donate and
0: sign petitions which um i have petitions i've retweeted a lot of petitions that you guys can sign i went through and signed them all myself um so go on there do that it takes absolutely no time you can share them it's very quick Yeah. yeah So just those are little things you can do from home if you don't feel like, if you don't feel safe going out and being on the front lines, which no one can blame you for that.
1: And if if you do feel safe, it's not for you to vandalize. You are purely there to use your privilege as a shield for the people of color who are marching. Mm -hmm. It's not for you to shout. It's not for you to, it's for you to walk quietly next to them and stand and stand between them and, and any kind of police brutality that could happen
0: exactly you're there to
1: be a shield it's not about you it's not the time to get all your corona violence out it's it's not the time yeah for for us so um and definitely make sure you're doing that um and if a and sorry continue sorry Sorry.
0: if a protester is asking you to stop being violent and stop setting things on fire and stop looting things (laughs) stop it literally stop (laughs) why <laughs>
1: it It's not about you. Yeah. And, and this is not how these are b- these protests are intended to be. None of this is intended to be violent. It's no. they've all as far as I know, what I've read, I could be completely wrong, but as far as what I've read, everything has started out peacefully and then escalated. hmm So it's important to not escalate things. Yeah. <laughs> Do your best to not escalate and then show that you're being peaceful. And if someone comes against you with brutality, someone in authority comes against you with brutality, it's not on you is mm-hmm. the thing. That's what we're protesting is the use of the unnecessary use of force. So, well, what they're protesting because I can't participate. So, I yeah, say we. Yeah. Um- <laughs> <laughs> Also wanted to say that um, this is part two to last week's episode, so Mm -hmm. um, I'm not going to recap it. So (laughs) if you have not listened to last week's episode, please go back and listen to the background that I gave about the systemic racism and where it actually came from, because I think it's really important to know that it really takes a lot of the emotion out of it, especially for uh, people who are not black. Mm -hmm. Uh, For people, for, for white people, it's really hard to hear systemic racism because it's like, well, I'm not racist, but that's not what it means. It's yeah. it's a part of the system that's broken, and it's important. it's It's important to listen to that so that we can kind of take. I mean, not that we shouldn't feel a little. We shouldn't feel white guilt, and we shouldn't acknowledge our privilege. But at the same time, it's not for us to sit and just like tear ourselves up about it emotionally because this can be really overwhelming and upsetting. Um, Especially, you know, for us who we really <laughs> believe in equality and you want to do something, but I'm not rich and I'm not black. So what can I do? You know, yeah. <laughs> just, like, you sit there and you feel powerless and it just adds to the stress of the fucking pandemic that we're in as well. So it's, mm-hmm. it's, 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 it's good to know what the actual problem is so that we know where to look when we vote. So it's important to go and listen to that part before you listen to Kay's part today.
0: Exactly um uh, and again like i've already said sign petitions donate if you can share as much as you can that is not misinformation um and honestly, yeah, make sure
1: it's real. That's yeah, huge. <laughs> yeah, make sure it's from an actual news source, not Snopes or Onion or whatever.
0: Snopes is actually a, a good one because they're actually like going through and fact checking everything. But um, because
1: really? I just saw a fake abortion article the other day from Snopes. For I thought that's what it was from. I don't know. Just check your sources. <laughs> <laughs>
0: I was about to say, that's not. It
1: was not real.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I was about to say, that's not what Snopes is. Snopes literally just goes through it.
1: I might be wrong. I might be wrong, but. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Just be careful. Make sure it's not about shooting babies in the heart with poison. (laughs) Because that's not a real thing. No. (laughs) Why would they need to do that? (laughs) That's absurd. (laughs) There are much safer ways to. (laughs) oh goodness whatever (laughs) whatever all right well from that horrible yeah that that does not have a place in this episode at all I'm very sorry (laughs) no
0: it's okay um but like I said I'm
1: gonna turn it over to you (laughs)
0: uh like I said petitions donations sharing what you can and again just being silent when you need to be silent knowing when you need to shut up So, um, today I wanted to talk a little bit about the George Floyd case. Um, like I mentioned in our last episode, I thought that it was really important to have more information on that before we had just a general uh, conversation about it. Um, and so let's just jump right in. Um... I got so my... info. you're inf- doing two
1: parts, though. So you yeah. put, you're covering the George Floyd case, and then you have a really cool thing about the drug war that we were originally going to do. Yeah, yeah. And we originally planned this episode, <laughs> and then all of this stuff happened weirdly and coincidentally at the exact time that this mo- that this episode was supposed to air and honestly like I even we switched the order just because I didn't really want to do this quite yet yeah like the the episode before last week's was supposed to be this (laughs) week and it just weirdly the universe it it's so crazy sometimes how our episode topics line up with what's going on in the real world it's so weird oh yeah because we're like not that good (laughs) you guys like we don't plan that shit no it just lined up and it was so crazy yeah like literally i light of anything that's going on right now that's not what i'm laughing at at all it's just so crazy the way it's just crazy the way that Kay picks things
0: yeah (laughs) like i i just like go through our episode topics list and i see things and i'm like that's what needs to go here and I put them in an order like I don't have a certain way that I do it it's just like a feeling you just like follow your instincts yeah Yeah. and it
1: just it it ends up lining up with everything that's going on in the world it's so weird it's so weird
0: literally we plan these like 10 weeks in advance so there was like no way for us to know
1: literally no way (laughs) it was just um, crazy yeah so, all right
0: <laughs> but um your
1: turn my love <laughs>
0: <laughs> thank you <laughs> so i am doing both parts of the episode today because last last week's was just a big discussion about where this came from because it's mm-hmm. so important um so my information's coming from the bbc um the la times and cnn um it and buckle in, guys. These are kind of long. They're a little bit all over the place because this is still ongoing. We're still getting information. Um, exactly. I I got new information today because my mom has been watching the news on this constantly. Um, so let's
1: timestamp this then. Yeah. So as we're recording this, it is June 6th, 2020. Yep. And it's um, like
0: 830. <laughs> yeah. So. so
1: if anything new comes out between now and Monday just know and if you're listening to this in the backlog there might be information that we don't know about yet Mm -hmm. so just give us that give us that understanding yeah this is current as of today but it most likely will change
0: yeah so i want to say real quick at the top um all of the officers involved in what happened with floyd all of them have been arrested. Derek Chauvin has been charged now with second degree murder. Um, mm,
1: moving up a little bit,
0: yeah. People are worried though because it's going to be harder to prove. Um, because again, with all the legal fucking jargon that's going on, that goes on when you're trying to sentence people, it's True. really hard to prove certain things. So let's hope that. This can be proven, especially since it was caught on tape. It was caught um, on
1: tape. Yeah. yeah. Awesome. I'm like, case closed. It's yeah. It's right there. You saw it happen. <laughs> what are we proving?
0: Yeah, exactly. Like, that's Dang what that I... Hang
1: gavel, judge. <laughs>
0: <laughs> that's what I thought, too. I'm just worried because the system is... Again, like we've said many fucked. times, is yes. broken. So, um, and I will, I will say one of the other officers involved had a lot of counts against him. And then the other two officers um, had been on the job like three or four days. And were apparently being trained under this monster who had 18 counts against him. And a lot oh, of them no. were for very violent crimes. So, those guys get on this new job three, four days in and... <laughs> the person training them murders someone on the job which is great
1: that's a great example to set
0: yeah for your rookies yeah (laughs) all right uh not like not defending not defending them in any way like they should have acted but like i can also now see why they might have been like what the fuck Uh, well yeah (laughs) like um so anyway jumping in bbc news um this is what happened in the final moments of his life. This has timestamps that I think are in military time that I try to convert while we're, while I'm reading. So bear with me. Um, The U S has been convulsed by nationwide protests over the death of an African-American man in police custody. George Floyd, who was 46 died after being arrested by police outside a shop in Minneapolis, Minnesota. Footage on the arrest, a footage of the arrest on uh, May 25th shows a white police officer, Derek Chauvin, kneeling on Mr. Floyd's neck while he was pinned to the floor. Um, the key events that led to Floyd's death happened within just 30 minutes. Based on accounts from witnesses, video footage, and official statements, here's what we know so far. It began with a report of a fake $20 bill. A report was made on the evening of May 25th when Mr. Floyd bought a pack of cigarettes from Cup Foods, a grocery store believing dare he yeah (laughs) sorry it's okay (laughs) Uh, believing the twenty dollars so
1: crazy you guys though because this was a hundred percent a 100 non-violent crime oh yeah that should never have escalated no to
0: this at Mm -hmm. all no and like he may have been impaired but that doesn't mean you get to it use force on him. This, yeah, no. no,
1: you're supposed to de-escalate the situation with yeah. words. With I your base saw- mouth.
0: <laughs> I saw a tweet today, and it said, "Every White House worker I have met has more um, de-escalation or knows how to de-escalate more situations than the LAPD." <laughs>
1: and i was like yeah that's true that's fair (laughs) that is fair (laughs) um goodness gracious
0: believing the 20 dollar bill he used to be counterfeit a store employee reported it to police floyd had been living go ahead
1: like a teenager
0: yeah yeah i
1: literally just doing what he was trained to do
0: oh yeah like the just standard protocol I, like, mm-hmm. I get it, you work for corporate America, you have to... Making seven bucks an hour or whatever. Like, yeah. And I just want to... be your
1: job if you don't, like, you could get fired if you don't report it.
0: Yeah. I and I just want to say real quick, um, if you work retail um, and you are not sure whether or not a bill is counterfeit, if, if you feel the um, suit... That's on the president or whoever's on the bill. Like, if you feel the suit and there's texture to it, that means it's real. If you if you can't feel it or the bill is really worn, then like mark it with your marker or whatever. Like, let's just try to not avoid. Everybody has a marker, yeah. But or like true. hold it up to the light, or let's just mm-hmm. I more places of business I would not need even check
1: a twenty though. Yeah, I would never check a twenty. Yeah, I check hundreds. But I would never think to check a $20 bill. Yeah, I wouldn't either.
0: And, uh, I mean, honestly, this could have been avoided if this person had had a marker. Oh, 100%. Like, so businesses spend the $5 it takes to send a marker to your store... To check the fucking bills if you're that concerned. Oh, my goodness. So, um, Floyd had been living in Minneapolis for several years after moving there from his native Houston, Texas. He had recently been working as a bouncer in the city, but, like millions of other Americans, was left jobless by the coronavirus pandemic. Floyd was a regular at Cup Foods. He was a friendly face, a pleasant customer who never caused any trouble, the store owner told NBC. Uh, but the owner was not at work on the day of the incident. In reporting the suspicious bill, his teenage employee was just following protocol. And I called a 911, made at 8.01 p.m. The employee told the operator he had demanded the cigarettes back, but Floyd doesn't want to do that. Um, and that's according to a transcript that was released. He probably
1: didn't even know that the bill was counterfeit either, is the thing. Because you yeah. would check a 20 for that, again. Yeah. It's not like it looks like Monopoly money.
0: No, what I'm saying, there's
1: (laughs) very good counterfeit money out there.
0: Oh yeah, you would
1: have no clue. You would have no clue. That's what my brother said too. He was like, "Why would I check my? I don't know. Besides, none of us, hardly any of us, carry cash anymore. Yeah, you don't know what to look for. No, he's like, "No, I'm gonna buy my cigarettes. (laughs) Bye.
0: (laughs) Yeah, Um, the employee said the man appeared drunk and not in control of himself." Shortly after the well, call. Wasn't,
1: didn't you say something last time? Wasn't there a, um, like, the shopkeeper or the owner said that he was, like, the nicest man?
0: Yeah, I just said that. That
1: George was, like, the nicest man. Did y- you say that a second ago? I missed yeah. it. I am pregnant and I can't remember my own name. I'm so sorry. <laughs> it's okay. Yeah, like, oh, yeah. God, I'll shut up. I'm, I'm not going to talk anymore.
0: <laughs> no, it's okay. You can talk. <laughs>
1: <laughs> mm I, I should have just posted your half of the episode and <laughs> <laughs> in case anyone's wondering why we have, we're doing this a second time. I'm so sorry. We, I feel like we're disrespecting this story, but no, I it's okay. We are having to record this a second time because we have once again had a hard drive malfunction, wherein my cat knocked the portable hard drive off the kitchen table onto the floor and it's completely stopped working. so my episode was completely lost (laughs) and so we're having to record this a second time because i still did not after their last debacle save things in two places so
0: it's okay fine
1: (laughs) it's all fine
0: so okay Shortly after the call, at around 8.08, two police officers arrived. Mr. Floyd was sitting with two other people in a car parked around the corner. After approaching the car, one of the officers, Thomas Lane, pulled out his gun and ordered Mr. Floyd to show his hands. In an account of the incident, prosecutors do not explain why Mr. Lane thought it necessary to draw his gun. And I'm wondering, I think he was one of the new guys who just, a thought that that's what you do i don't understand that <laughs> there no, needs to be I, better training there um
1: y- yeah you, no w- one needs to put their knee on anyone's neck yeah ever no that's never a thing that ever needs to happen
0: no ever
1: especially when they're already cuffed
0: yeah and like I can we
1: understand lightly putting your knee on their back but mm-hmm. not with your full weight, of course. Cause yeah, I heard no. people dying from that too. Because people are like crushing their lungs. But mm. like to if someone's being like unreasonable, I can see that. But never their neck Never Don't you ever do anything to anyone's neck. Ever. <laughs> <laughs> that's a very vulnerable but po- you might as well step on their dick like that is, <laughs> there is no reason for that yeah there's no reason for that at all
0: no uh, there the and amount there of was,
1: there has been there has been footage of another cop that put their knee on on a protester's neck or something and one of the and the other cop that was with him was like get your fucking knee off his neck like yeah. there is footage of that so not all cops hashtag not all cops but that needs to get out of the repertoire even if the person doesn't die you should be severely punished for that and have to like go through all the training again oh yeah terrible absolutely it should be fireable to put your knee on someone's neck yeah it's it's, mm -mm.
0: the the amount of violence that happened when this crime was so not violent and we don't even know if it was actually a crime you don't even
1: know if it was really a counterfeit 20 yeah you don't even know innocent until proven guilty not murdered because of a might-be crime yeah that's not the way the constitution works (laughs) no sorry
0: um once handcuffed or oh sorry i lost my place okay lose
1: your place how dare you
0: I'm going to start this little part over because apparently I can't fucking talk. Um, After approaching the car. It's been a
1: long day and it's very hot. Yeah. I'm (laughs) sure everyone understands.
0: (laughs) After approaching the car, one of the officers, Thomas Lane, pulled out his gun and ordered Mr. Floyd to show his hands. And in account of the incident, prosecutors do not explain why Mr. Lane thought it necessary to draw his gun. Mr. Lane, prosecutor said, put his hands on Mr. Floyd and pulled him out of the car. Then Mr. Floyd actively resisted being handcuffed. Once handcuffed, though, Floyd became compliant while Lane explained he was being arrested for passing counterfeit currency. It was when officers tried to put Floyd in their squad car that a struggle ensued. At about 8.14, Floyd stiffened up, fell to the ground, and told the officers he was claustrophobic. Mr. Chauvin arrived at the At the scene, he and other officers were involved in a further attempt to put Floyd in the police car. During this attempt, at
1: this is where the de-escalation part happens. Mm Mm-hmm. And also, he doesn't need to be put in. You didn't even look at the twenty. Yeah. No one even looked at the at the twenty dollar bill.
0: Mm-hmm. Exactly. (laughs) During. During this attempt at 819, Mr. Chauvin pulled Mr. Floyd away from the passenger side, causing him to fall to the ground. He lay there, face down, still in handcuffs. He shoved him off
1: the car and threw him on the ground. Mm -hmm. That's what it sounds like.
0: Yep. He lay there, face down, still in handcuffs. That's when witnesses started to film Mr. Floyd, who appeared to be in a distressed state. These moments, captured on multiple mobile phones and shared widely on social media, would prove to be Floyd's last. Floyd was restrained by officers while Mr. Chauvin placed his left knee between his head and neck. I can't breathe, Mr. Floyd said repeatedly, pleading for his mother and begging, please, please, please. For eight minutes and 46 seconds, Mr. Chauvin kept his knee on Mr. (sighs) Floyd's neck.
1: That's still blowing my mind. Yeah. That is such an ungodly amount of time.
0: Oh, yeah. And he's just looking around. Just like, sit
1: there. For some, some, set a timer for eight minutes, eight and a half minutes, and just sit on your knees and do nothing else. Yeah. It's so long. It's so long. Yeah. Ugh. That poor man. He had plenty of time to stop that. Oh, Yeah. It was a hundred. I'm sorry. I just there's no way that I can say that that wasn't a hundred percent intentional because I mean the the length of time alone and the fact that it's caught on video. Mm-hmm. That's first degree murder. I'm sorry. You intended yeah. to kill him.
0: Yeah. Again, then- our <laughs> systems are fucked and they need to it's change. Really fucked. Yes. Um, about 6 minutes into that period, Floyd became non-responsive. In videos of the incident, this was when Floyd fell silent as bystanders urged the officers to check his pulse. One of the other officers, J A Kuhn, whatever the fuck his name is, did just that, checking Floyd's right r- wrist but couldn't find one. Yet the other officers did not move. At 8.27, Mr. Chauvin removed his knee from Mr. Floyd's neck. Motionless, Floyd was rolled onto a gurney and taken to the Hennepin County Medical Center in an ambulance. He was pronounced dead about an hour later. On the night before his death, Floyd had spoken to one of his closest friends, Christopher Harris. He had advised Floyd to contact a temporary jobs agency. Forgery, he said, was out of character for Floyd. The way he died was senseless, Harris said. He begged for his life. Mm Mm-hmm. He pleaded oh. for his life. When you try so hard to put faith in this system, a system that you know isn't designed for you, when you constantly seek justice by lawful means and you can't get it, you begin to take the law into your own hands. Um,
1: <sighs> That's so sad.
0: Yeah. And today there... his
1: poor daughter. He had a daughter. Like, mm-hmm. he had a family. Yeah. He was not a criminal. Like, no, it's not an instance where someone was a criminal and then the police took action, which was probably too brutal as well. And then you're protesting a criminal who was violent. It's mm-hmm. that that's not what's happening here. It's this was completely senseless and crime was not in his nature. It just said like that's not he was just out of work and wanted to buy a fucking pack of cigarettes. Yeah. Yeah. And even if he was a little drunk, who hasn't drunkenly bought a pack of cigarettes? Didn't sound like he was driving.
0: Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, goodness. Again, it's just, it's senseless. It's absolutely senseless. It blows my mind. And it blows my mind that it took them this long to arrest him. Uh, like, mm-hmm. it took a few days to arrest that man. Like, they were all fired the very next day. But then but they, they didn't still. arrest him. Yeah, they still the had to wait. He
1: committed.
0: <laughs> yeah. And. The blatant
1: murder. He murdered that man. Yeah. Now, he may not have driven to the scene with the intention of killing him. I don't know if that's the distinction between first and second degree murder. Mm hmm. But. It's certainly not manslaughter and it's certainly not third degree. That's for sure. Yeah. He definitely at some point, probably when he threw him on the ground,
0: decided him and, and to him murder ground, him.
1: Decided that this guy is going to die. Yeah. Or in the 8 minutes that it could that he could have changed course. Yeah. You know,
0: mm-hmm. it's not like
1: he was like in a frenzy stabbing someone. He was literally sitting there choking someone to death. Yeah. Uh, I don't know how that's not first-degree murder, but again, I'm not a lawyer. I'm not entirely sure what the distinction between second and first is. Let's look so it up. I know that intent intent has a lot to do with it, so it's that can be very hairy, but I know none of us will be happy unless it's first. I won't be happy unless it's first-degree murder, that's for sure. Life in prison. No parole. Hopefully with a bunch of people that you locked up.
0: Yeah. I mean, fucking, fucking death penalty. When murder no. is caught on tape like that,
1: well, I get yeah, it. I you know how I feel about the death penalty. I know. Um, no, I think it would be way worse to let him live and let him live in there with people he put away.
0: Yeah. Or okay.
1: Brutalized. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. That's more of a punishment. <laughs> it's not. It's not over. Yeah. It's not over quickly.
0: Uh, first degree murder requires that a defendant plan and. In- planned and intentionally carried out the killing See, yeah, see whereas it's
1: probably not going to be first degree murder yeah he didn't plan
0: it. yeah whereas second is unplanned and un- unplanned and intentional and a death caused by yeah. a reckless disregard for human life okay so. Well, then it
1: so it sounds like it sounds like second degree is where we're at that yeah. sounds solid yeah that, that sounds like the exact I'm, i don't i don't think for a moment think that this man woke up and said i'm gonna kill me a dude today like yeah i don't think that's what happened He wasn't hunting people. It's just it happened in the moment and he decided to do that. Yeah. That sounds correct.
0: So um, the LA Times has put together um, a a little article kind of outlining some of the more major counts that this officer had against him as well mm-hmm. as one of the other officers that was involved in floyd's death so i just kind of wanted to quickly go through this article as well just to kind of show you what kind of track record he already had and
1: and he wasn't punished for
0: yeah like he <laughs> should have already been fired long, long time ago, ago. Well, like He's already
1: probably seen some jail time yeah already
0: mm-hmm So, uh, Derek Chauvin, officer arrested in Floyd's death, has a record of shootings and complaints, and this is by Richard Reed. Um, okay. So, Derek Chauvin, the Minneapolis police officer arrested in the death of Floyd, opened fire on two people during his 19-year career. Eighteen conduct complaints were filed against him, two of which resulted in reprimands. Um, Okay. Oh so police records and news accounts show that Chauvin had been involved in shootings and deaths, but was also but also received a police department medal of valor in two thousand eight and was recognized again two years later. Um in two thousand five, two people died when their car was hit by a vehicle being chased by Chauvin and Officer Terry Nutter, according to a report by Communities United Against Police Brutality. Um Another person who had been riding in the car died a few days later. So, oh, my goodness. So, then the next year, Chauvin was among six officers who opened fire on Wayne Ray's, a stabbing suspect, after a chase that ended when he pointed a sawed-off shotgun at them. Ray's was... Yeah, I remember that one. Mm-hmm. I
1: remember you talking about that one.
0: Yeah. Ray's was but hit... But also,
1: just so everyone knows real quick, like, the policy... Like, I have a, I have a very close friend who's pretty high up in the... In the in the uh, police department in, um, in Bowling Green. And he, um, like you are not supposed to shoot. Even if someone pulls a gun on you, you can't shoot to kill. Yeah. You're supposed to shoot to disarm them. And way like you shoot at their knee or something like that to get them to collapse. And then you can rush in and mm-hmm. take and disarm the suspect. You are not supposed to shoot them five times in the chest. <laughs> that is not policy. Yeah. And it's not funny. I'm laughing because it's uncomfortable and absurd. Yeah. That this behavior was allowed to stand
0: absolutely um it's
1: not funny at all it's uncomfortable and i'm nervous yeah, <laughs> so no I'm it's
0: okay um Rays was hit multiple times and died a grand jury decided the use of force was justified which is what worries me
1: right well and
0: yeah also in 2006 um,
1: Go ahead. sorry, I was just gonna say real quick that um the wine and Crime gals posted a really good because they're from Minnesota. Mm-hmm. They posted a really good thing on Instagram explaining about how the how Minnesota niceness is a thing, but how a lot of times that means the bad gets just swept under the rug and ignored.,
0: mm-hmm.
1: um, and how everyone has kind of known that things were this bad. But it unfortunately took this as a catalyst to really open everyone's eyes, and it's a really good post. I'm not going to read it, but go over to their own Instagram page, and you can kind of see firsthand account from some citizens in the town, some white citizens, of course. Mm-hmm. But um, it, their their post is really good, and they have some resources too.
0: Also, for, um, um,
1: for donating.
0: Yeah. Also, Amanda from Wine and Crime. She has been part of the protest, and uh, mm-hmm. she was one and of the, the people. Yeah. Uh, in
1: in minneapolis because she lives in minneapolis
0: and she was one of the people who almost got ran over by that fucking semi-truck uh that barreled through protesters um so i just want to give a quick shout out to the wine and crime gals for being amazing amazing. um because she was out
1: of the country and one lives in iowa so (laughs) amanda's the only one on the front lines right now (laughs) yeah
0: but amanda like that was amazing that you almost got hit by a semi-truck and then we're back at it the next day like
1: and ever since the ever since the pandemic she's been doing daily donation things on her instagram live so if we were that connected, we would do stuff like that, too. But they are a way bigger podcast than
0: we are. <laughs> Absolutely. Way bigger. And they yes, have a little more money than we do. So... A
1: lot more money. They make a living at it. Yeah. Make, um, make... Change. <laughs> Some pocket change. Which, hopefully, also, is going to be gonna changing soon. Donation, but, but, yes. Yeah.
0: <laughs> um, I'm about to be not working at a certain job anymore so i'll have more time for this me too (laughs) so um so anyway
1: back to this horrible horrible man
0: yeah also in 2006 a prison inmate filed a federal civil rights lawsuit against the minneapolis police department and officers including chauvin Court records do not show specifics of the case, but which was dismissed after the plaintiff failed to pay a filing fee, which you shouldn't have to pay a filing fee (laughs) to be treated like a fucking human being.
1: Absolutely not. Absolutely not. Especially when you're already in prison. Yeah. Like, where you're not making, you're making like two cents an hour. Yeah. With what fucking money are you supposed to pay a fee to be treated like a human? Yeah. I'm sorry. That's fucked. Hmm. Actually, I'm not sorry. That's just fucked. Not apologizing.
0: <laughs> uh. Oh, don't worry. It's it worse. Um. Chauvin responded to a report. I'm sure it does <laughs> Chauvin responded to a report of domestic abuse at a couple's home, forced his way into a bathroom where Era Latrell Tolls was hiding, and when Tolls reached for his gun, sh- um, Chauvin shot him twice in the stomach. Toll survived and was accused of felony obstruction. Toll's 33. Oh my
1: god. In the stomach.
0: Mm hmm.
1: In case anyone was wondering, that's the worst fucking place to be shot. Your gut fills with stomach acid. It's terrible. And then your digestion is fucked for the rest of your life. Yep. Even if you survive.
0: Like, uh, uh, don't let me live after that. Just kill me. Yeah. <laughs> like, what I just don't yeah just kill me like i shouldn't have made a joke about that right now i'm sorry um no but also
1: (laughs) like i oh that i mean that that just shows the insidious nature of this man though that that's where he aimed and that's where that happened yeah like what
0: Mm -hmm. also
1: why was the need why was a gun involved
0: yeah Toles. You're
1: supposed to like tase people first, and stuff. Like, there's sh- there's so many more steps before shoot someone in the stomach mm-hmm. is the is the appropriate step.
0: Yeah. Tolls now thirty three. You might as
1: well kill someone. It would be kinder to kill that person than shoot them in the stomach. That's what we're. That was the point we were making. It wasn't really a joke. It was yeah. a Like, what are you do? That's horrifying. That's yeah, torturing someone basically. Oh, yeah. It's using your power to torture someone.
0: So, Tolls, who is now 33, told the Daily Beast this week that Chauvin broke down the bathroom door and began hitting him. He said he fought back in self-defense. Tolls said he ultimately pleaded guilty to a misdemeanor charge and still feels pain from the wounds. Chauvin was put on oh, paid... I
1: bet. A- That's so terrible. Mm-hmm.
0: Chauvin was put on paid administrative leave after that, pending an investigation and ultimately returned to duty. I knew he would do something again, Tolls told the Daily Beast. In twenty eleven, Chauvin was placed on leave again with other officers after they chased Leroy Martinez, a Native American man seen running with a pistol. Nutter, the officer involved in the fatal two thousand five car chase, shot Martinez, who survived. A list of complaints filed against Chauvin during his career is posted in a database on the police department website, which includes no details of acu- accusations. Anyone can file a complaint against an, o- against an officer I can't talk, whether or not it's valid. To Tao, an officer seen in Monday's cell phone video standing guard as Chauvin Chauvin pinned Floyd to the ground with his knee, has six complaints listed on the department's site. Each was closed with no disciplinary action except one that remains open. Tau, Officer Robert Thunder, and the City of Minneapolis were sued in federal court in 2017 for alleged use of... Ex- excessive force. Lamar Ferguson claimed that the officer stopped him in 2014 and beat him up. In a deposition, Chow said he punched Ferguson after one hand slipped out of his handcuffs. At this, so this point, this
1: is just like horrifically violent all the time it sounds like. Uh yeah.
0: Yeah, both the of these officers does not
1: seem to be a part of his pro- of his regime in any sense of the word. No. It's just like, "Oh, I'm a punch you." Like, what what?
0: Yeah. And he actually had this the nerve.
1: That's That's what they're calling for like on a lot of the petitions and stuff is like reinforcement that de-escalation is the way to go. Yeah. And like there's multiple steps before shooting or fucking strangling someone with your knee. Yeah. Which should never happen ever. No. Like there the de-escalation needs to be emphasized more than trigger happiness. Yep. And there needs to be protocol in place for actually disciplining people when they may- let it go too far like this. Yep. Th- this, is- this is unnecessary, vi- completely unnecessary violence. Absolutely.
0: <sighs> um, Tao, in his deposition about this certain case, said at this point he's actually resisting arrest. So I had no choice but to punch him. Which is not correct. And then, guess what? The case settled. absolutely not. You know how
1: you don't punch someone? You just don't punch them. Yeah. It's really easy to not punch people. Yeah. (laughs) Actually, I don't think I've ever legitimately punched a person. I did accidentally punch my friend, who is a cop, in the face. Uh Huh? um, Because he was helping me change a tire and my hand slipped. Oh, but other than that, I have never punched a person ever in my life. So it's really easy to not do it.
0: <laughs> I I only accidentally punched a person once. See? Yeah. That's
1: what I'm saying, though. Like, and especially <laughs> you're in a position of authority, it's your job to be the bigger person. Yeah. You're supposed to be the authority figure and the person who's in control of their actions and their emotions. Yep. Yes, the people you're arresting are going to flip out. They don't want to go to jail. <laughs>
0: yeah. That's... That place kind is horrible. the point of jail.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's the point of jail, is that people don't want to go. So it keeps you from doing things that put you in jail. <laughs>
0: yeah. Uh, and the case, because of course, settled out of court for $25,000.
1: Which means people were paid off. Yep. That's what settled out of court means. Yeah, In case anyone was wondering. <laughs> that's what our Kelly did. For years, he paid people off.
0: hmm. <laughs> Michael Jackson, too.
1: Yes. Many, many people.
0: Yep. So, um... We could keep
1: going on the list of that. (laughs) Yeah.
0: (laughs) So, this... man. This last article is um, from the point of view of Floyd's friends and family members. Uh, This is from CNN.com. It was posted by Alicia Abra... Abra... She's indian her name is very hard to pronounce and i'm very sorry oh, so <laughs> i'm not going to spend too much more time on that um and i well, will do want
1: to do it completely wrong and yeah. offend everyone in the world yeah. we're doing our best you guys <laughs> we're two white girls from kentucky
0: we're yeah <laughs> and i'm an english major who can al- who cannot pronounce more than 90 percent of the words in the english language that's true so
1: <laughs> that's true and hilarious
0: i write the language better than i speak it
1: it's truly one of my favorite things about you (laughs) it tickles me
0: i'm so glad
1: because they're just out of left field too they're just so random like iowa (laughs) and like you just like say something and i'm like what (laughs) you say it again and i'm like you you mean chameleon or whatever i don't know you're like yeah
0: (laughs) i know how to say chameleon
1: (laughs) thank you i know you do i'm sorry Um... It's just the only (laughs) word I can think of. I'm very tired right now, too. It's so hot. It's okay. I really want to get in the shower.
0: (laughs) Uh, I need one again. It's so hot and gross. Um...
1: I just want everyone to know that we are not at all intentionally trying to be disrespectful or make fun of anything. It's just that this is all so dark. Yeah. That we have to kind of take these little breaks to laugh. Otherwise, we'll just be crying uncontrollably in the corner along with everyone else. Yeah. (laughs) So...
0: (laughs) Um, so the contributors to this article were um, Omar Jimenez, and I want to say just
1: processing. Yeah, <laughs> we're just processing.
0: Um, we're
1: processing with everyone.
0: So um, I want to say a quick word about Omar. Um, he was actually one of the reporters that has been arrested he and his whole crew got arrested live on tv black man Mm -hmm. who's
1: the the black reporter who got arrested even though he declared himself as a reporter repeatedly and had a full fucking camera crew
0: yep the whole camera crew got arrested as well um that's illegal oh yeah anyone
1: was wondering
0: yeah. Um
1: that's repression of is that the First Amendment free yep. speech?
0: First Amendment. Yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. I don't know what the amendment numbers are. I know what the amendments are, but I don't know what the numbers are.
0: <laughs> that <laughs> um, has
1: left my pregnant brain. <laughs>
0: <laughs> he um he was so I mean like I went and I told my mom about it and I was like he was being peaceful like he had his badge out saying exactly who he was yeah and I was like he was trying to get out of their way he kept asking him if it was okay to be where he was and she was like Mm -hmm. well he says he said that I was like mom it's live on tape it's on video I'll send you the video right now it's 10 minutes long
1: why are we making excuses when reporters start getting arrested, you guys? That is scary. Yeah,
0: that, that is the scariest I sh- thing sh- I have I know ever we seen. we shit on
1: the media a lot. Yeah. We shit on the media a lot. But this guy was doing honest journalism. Oh, reporting yeah. Reporting on live current events that are happening. When, the me- when journalists like that start getting arrested, that's when we should be really fucking scared. Yeah. This is how dictatorships start.
0: Oh, yeah. And um, also tear
1: gassing a churchyard full of people for a photo op. But whatever. We're not talking about that today. So
0: <laughs> yeah, ugh, don't even get me started on Trump. Yeah, I also no, no,
1: we're not getting started. <laughs> we're not getting started on our horrendous pre- our horrendous president and his awful response to what's going on right now. Yeah. So I, I, I retweeted.
0: Um, I retweeted on our page a really great video from Republicans against Trump. Um, so take a look at that, because it's fan-fucking-tastic. Um, yes,
1: and we don't have time in this episode. Yeah, Dude, There's not enough hours in the day, to yeah. be honest with you, <laughs> to unpack everything. Yeah. Oh, goodness.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, but he contributed to this report as well, as uh, Christina Maxoris, Josh Campbell, Melissa Alonzo, Ray Sanchez, Joe Sutton, and Artemis Mosh. Tagging. Why do all these people have crazy ass names? Sorry, y'all. Honey, Honey. <laughs> um, oh, no, they don't have crazy names. That's they're not <laughs> difficult to.
1: Pr- they're just they're just difficult to pronounce. Some of
0: them. <laughs> that's not what I meant. <laughs> I'm <Be> sorry. <laughs> the Your names name are sounds badass. Yeah, the I names the are name wonderful. Artemis. the The names are wonderful. I, really I just to, can't say I them. I really
1: wanted to. Yeah, I really wanted to name my daughter Artemis, but Josh squashed that dream (laughs) i was like you're a hunter it's goddess of the hunt whatever
0: (laughs) it's fine y'all have really awesome names picked out though
1: we do have really good names so So. it's fine (laughs) (laughs) um we're good i'm just i still hold a candle for that yeah that name (laughs) it's so beautiful
0: So George Floyd moved to Minnesota for a fresh start, an opportunity to better himself and to be a better father. And while so many now know the Houston native by his full name, those who knew him best called him Floyd. He worked security at a restaurant where he developed a reputation as someone who had your back and was there for you when you were down. Knowing my brother is to love my brother, Philanese Floyd, George's brother, told CNN's Don Lemon. He's a gentle giant. He didn't hurt anybody. Floyd, 46, died May 25th in the city he moved to for a better life. His last moments caught on video. Um, I'm just, uh, this has been updated since last time, so there, and like we've already talked a little bit about it. Um, Mm -hmm. that officer, honey, just keep going. Yeah. That officer, Derek Chauvin was arrested on Friday and first charged with third degree murder and second degree manslaughter. The new second degree murder charge says that Chauvin killed Floyd without intent in the course of committing assault in the third degree, according to an amended complaint. Thomas Lane and J. Alexander Kung, who helped restrain Floyd and Tao, who stood near the others were not initially charged they are now charged with aiding and abetting second-degree murder and aiding and abetting second-degree manslaughter. Yes. So, Floyd was a coachable kid with a big heart. Floyd grew up... If
1: he's charged with second-degree murder, how can you be charged with aiding and abetting second-degree manslaughter? That's not what the person was charged with. Law is weird. Yeah,
0: I I think he's also... Like... Maybe he was No, the, he's also got second the degree person or No, no, no. He's also got second degree manslaughter, but they just upped the other charge to second degree murder as well.
1: Oh, okay. Weird. Yeah. It's, it's so weird how they how the charges stack
0: yeah Uh, i think it's a good thing
1: i don't uh, well i just i just don't understand it that's all i'm saying i'm not saying like don't charge him charge him with fucking everything yeah but (laughs) retroactively charge him i don't think the statute of limitations on shooting someone in the stomach is a thing yeah no let's go back and
0: charge him everywhere all this nonsense yes
1: oh my goodness
0: um Floyd grew up. Look at
1: that rap sheet. I just feel like any judge would look at that rap sheet and be like, "Okay, you're done. Um, <laughs> maximum security because you're a violent motherfucker, and that's it." End of the day. That's that's lunch, everybody. Yeah. Bye.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yep. Um, Floyd grew up in Houston's Third Ward neighborhood and graduated from Jackie Yates High School, where he played football and basketball after high school head basketball coach george walker recruited floyd to play for him at south florida state college in avon park florida floyd was a student there from 1993 to 1995 he didn't give me too much trouble as a basketball coach walker said he was a pretty good athlete averaged 12 to 14 points a game um floyd was oh my a- gosh floyd was a coachable kid with a big heart according to walker's l- wife gloria of all the college athletes on the school's team, she said Floyd had her attention the most because he was just a fun person to be around. He was Aww. Yeah.
1: Like literally everything you hear about this guy, it's just like the crime was not his thing and he was a super nice dude. Like Yeah.
0: And he just needed his cigarettes. Like
1: Yeah. <laughs> uh, some- As many Americans do. Yeah. Um, particularly when you're quarantined in your house don't have a job and are stressed the fuck out about the world being coded in virus yeah smoke uh, away
0: <laughs> you should see my mother when she doesn't have her cigarettes
1: oh uh, yeah uh, like
0: uh, i get it like i get mm-hmm. if he was a little frustrated that this 16 year old was telling him it was counterfeit <laughs> just get me the goddamn cigarettes
1: dude like i just need it's five dollars yeah like it's just this is not even worth it yeah oh my goodness that poor kid is probably racked with guilt yeah because you don't know that someone you don't know that you're just doing your job and you don't know that you're sentencing this very nice man to to death yeah basically that cop acted as judge jury and executioner
0: yep he was never one that tried to blame others for his own mistakes, Gloria said. He always owned up to them and always tried to do better. He was trying to be a better father. He moved to Minnesota for work and to drive trucks, according to a friend and former NBA player, Stephen Jackson. Jackson, a Houston native, also calls Floyd his twin. I've heard George in the last couple of days more than I've heard heard it my whole life, and we had a 21-plus-year relationship, Jackson told um, seeing it on thursday his name was always floyd my twin and he put up a post on instagram that says twin couldn't wait to tell me he moved to minnesota to work and drive trucks he knew he had to relocate to be his best self his heart was in the right place rest easy bro we gonna hold it down Your voice all we talked about was growing and kids love to all who have who have love for all um Mm. Floyd was known in the community as a protector and a provider who didn't have a hateful bone in his body, according to Jackson. He got along with everybody and seldom wanted anything in return for helping someone out. The difference between me and Bro was I had more opportunity than he did, wrote Jackson, who won a championship with the San Antonio Spurs in 2003. Two things we have in common, both from the bottom, and both of our names will live forever.
1: Oh, my goodness.
0: Once Floyd moved to Minnesota, Jackson said Floyd talked at great length about his journey to create better opportunities for himself. The last time I talked to him was about a year ago, and every conversation we had in that year was about bettering ourselves and being better fathers, Jackson said. That's all he talked about. Floyd is a father to two daughters, the youngest is six. I want justice for his babies. I know. I want justice for his kids, he said. I want his kids to be taken care of. Their father is not here. Jackson vows to support his friend's children and fill in for Floyd and said he wants to make sure they are provided for. In Houston, Rose Hudson, who dated Floyd more than 20 years ago, ago, told CNN affiliate KTRK that her and Floyd had a daughter who is now the mother of a toddler. My daughter had to see her daddy get killed on live TV. Floyd hadn't yet met his three-year-old granddaughter. I will just let her know what a great guy he was. She said, he was a good father to his girls. I just have memories. That's all I can give her. Memories of her grandfather. Floyd worked security at Conga Latin Bistro in Minneapolis for five years, according to its owner. Even though he was, um, their employee, the pair were also friends. Um, He was loved by all my employees and my customers. I was looking at the video and I said that can't be Floyd, but later it just blew out. It was Floyd, and that's when it hit me. It hit me hard. Floyd would help clean up after the bar had closed and was a very nice guy and really good with customers. He stood up for people. He was there for people when they were down. He loved people that were thrown away. Courtney Ross, Floyd's other half, told WCCO, We prayed over every meal. We prayed if we were having a hard time. We prayed if we were having a good time. People who didn't know Floyd are outraged, too. Anger over Floyd's death goes beyond his family and friends. A number of celebrities have reacted to the incident on social media. NBA player LeBron James shared a side-by-side photo on Instagram. On one side, you can see a screen grab from the encounter between Floyd and police. In the photo on the left, a Minnesota police officer's knee can be seen on Floyd's neck. In the photo on the right is the image of San Francisco 49ers quarterback Colin Kaepernick kneeling in protest during the national anthem for a preseason football game in 2016. At the time, Kaepernick had said he would not honor a song nor show pride in a flag for a country that oppresses black people and people of color. James's post is accompanied by the caption. Do you understand now or is it still blurred to you?
1: Mm.
0: His family thinks police didn't do enough to help him. The Minnesota National Guard activated more than 500 soldiers to the St. Paul, Minneapolis, and surrounding communities because of the increase in demonstrations in the area. Um, some of the protests have been peaceful, while others have been destructive. Though the four Minneapolis officers involved in Floyd's death were fired, his family members said that's not enough. They want to see all of the officers charged with murder. They were supposed to be there to serve and to protect, and I didn't see a single one of them lift a finger to do anything to help while he was begging for his life. Not one of them tried to do anything to help him. Tara Brown, Floyd's cousin, told CNN's Lemon. Nope.
1: They literally just stood there.
0: Quincy Mason Floyd, Floyd's son, said no man or woman should be without their fathers. We want justice for what's going on right now, he said. This is so emotional. And um, that is the end of that article. That is what his family wants you to know about him. Um, what his family wants to come from this. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I mean, the brutality has to stop. Because it, it's not, we are not it's safe unless all of us su- are they're safe.
1: They're supposed to serve and protect. It's yeah. not. We can't put a trust. We you can't trust in someone who you call to help you and then could possibly beat the shit out of you and shoot you in the stomach or strangle you to death. Yeah, that's that's not how this works. That there needs to be see, And so here's where the um. The only issue I have with any of the, like, lists of demands is the, uh, the defunding one, mm-hmm. because just, just as someone who works, who has, has worked for the state in the past, like, that, that is not the solution. Like, defunding results in fewer officers, and, um, you know, it, it's, it's, it's lack of protection that they have, that they need, and then that we need together, and, um, It's just not, I I don't think that defunding is the answer. I think that reallocating those funds into um, better quality training and mandatory training and um, just, I'm trying to think how to put it exactly. It's, And I'm sorry, they need to have riot gear as well in case something violent actually happens. The problem here is that they've been using riot gear. In some instances, riot gear has been used... Aggressively against people who are being peaceful. Now that's just not using your gear properly. Yeah, but they have to have right gear. What if we're invaded? What if what if there's actually a ga- you know a a gang like Al Qaeda that springs up within this you know the white supremacists? If they start, they're, they're one of the most violent groups in our country. Like if that kind of thing escalates. They have to be equipped to protect us, Yeah, is the thing. So the thing is that it needs to be, the, the focus needs to shift in the police from we're in charge and I can do whatever I want to, and that's not what all the cops are doing either. Mm-hmm. Not all cops are like that. But this the focus needs to shift from that to how do we de-escalate and, for, and protect our citizens. Yeah. Even people we think are suspects have rights as humans, and th- those rights need to be protected. Yeah. Yeah.
0: So absolutely last time we talked about this and i think this is in the episode that was posted last week um like i said the system was put in place when it was created hundreds of years ago it was put in place to protect the rich it was well, put
1: to keep black people in their place yeah because this was all if you listen to my segment we were talking about it's it, it a lot of things a lot of things originated um in the Jim Crow era mm-hmm. which is not good so and again you can go back and listen to that yeah and get the full scoop
0: but <laughs> yeah and it's just it it is systematic racism that needs to mm-hmm. change it, they and, and I feel like that you know
1: we want it like this kind of happens a lot and I the problem is that people oh I'm sorry you guys you just heard my talk um the problem is that people don't know how to change it because it's not it's like well we're not racist but that's that's not the problem Mm -hmm. like it's the fact that it's the fact that a response could be well that's what he said happened without even a thought of Mm -hmm. well why don't you show me the tape or you know what i'm saying like the Mm -hmm. there's that kind of thing that's ingrained in all of us and there's also the issue that it's just the system is broken and laws need to be rewritten and this and things need to things need to change and that's where we need to pay attention when we vote and we need to look closely at things and not just check off because that's the party we're a part of and things like that. We need to not just vote automatically.
0: Absolutely. On
1: and on autopilot. We need to pay attention. That's why I'm really excited to do mail-in voting this year cuz I can actually like look the people up. Oh yeah. You know what I'm saying? Because I don't, I don't have, I don't have cable, so I don't, I don't see political ads or anything like that. I don't know who the fuck these people are, mm-hmm. so I can actually sit and Google them and figure out who I need to vote for. Kentuckians for
0: Charles Booker, by the way.
1: <laughs> anyway, <laughs> um,
0: just gonna say are you that. Ready real for quick. a break? Or I am ready for a break.
1: I need to pee. So okay, okay. we'll <laughs> be right back, you guys.
0: All and right. We're back. Hi, everybody. <laughs> So, after that horrible... I ran up and down the stairs, and I'm... <laughs> I'm winded. <laughs> so, yeah. after that horrible story, I'm going to kind of lighten it up. Uh, this article is really well written, um, and really just kind of fun. It's
1: surprisingly light. The, st- the subject matter is still very heavy. Yeah. But it isn't the story we just covered. It's yeah. Not- yeah. It's just... <laughs> It's It's another issue in the systemic racism that we're having Mm -hmm. that's been going on for uh, hundreds of years in our country. But, yeah. Yeah.
0: But it's just, Mm -hmm. it's kind of light. It was, um, the main article that I'm pulling from was written by a woman of color. And her name is Melissa Harris Perry. But I am going to preface it with this little bit from history.com. So... Ulterior Motives Behind the War on Drugs During a 1994 interview, President Nixon's domestic policy chief, John Elrickman, provided inside information suggesting that the War on Drugs campaign had ulterior motives, which mainly involved helping Nixon keep his job. In the interview, conducted by journalist Dan Baum and published in Harper Magazine, John explained that the Nixon campaign had two enemies, the anti-war left and black people. His comments led many to question Nixon's intentions in advocating for drug reform and whether racism played a role. John was it quoted... absolutely
1: did, and Nixon's the worst. Oh, yeah. Besides our current president, Nixon is probably one of the worst presidents we've ever had.
0: Oh, yeah. Um, he would have been the first president to have been impeached and removed from office had he not resigned he first. He
1: quit. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Um, like
1: Watergate is nothing. Like, that's what... This is such a good article. And, like, it's it makes me so... Like, people who are history teachers, like, take note. Like, this is the part of history that we need to learn about Nixon, not Watergate. Like, Watergate's important, but it's also kind of fucking boring. Mm-hmm. Um, it's exciting now, like, to adults, because we're all boring people. Um, <laughs> but <laughs> we're all, like, boring people who watch history documentaries and eat ice cream in our PJs. Like, but to high schoolers, they're like, who gives a shit? This is actually relatable. Yeah. And it's important. It's important that kids are aware of this at a young age so that they know the nonsense to look out for. Yeah. So, question everything.
0: <laughs> yes. So um, the domestic policy chief uh, was quoted as saying, We knew we couldn't make it illegal to be either against the war or black. But by getting the public to associate the hippies with marijuana and the blacks with heroin, and then criminalizing both heavily, we could disrupt those communities. We could arrest their leaders, raid their homes, break up their meetings, and vilify them night after night on the evening news. Did we know we were lying about the drugs? Of course we did.
1: Ugh, it's disgusting.
0: Yep. So, um, back to this article I was talking about earlier. Um, The rest of the story. Black women and the war on drugs. A response to Jay-Z's exciting new project from Prohibition to Gold Rush. So, again, this is by Melissa Harris-Perry. It was published September fifteenth, 2016. So, it's a little older, but still... Relevant. Um, Nobody drops a game changer like the Carter family. Beyonce unveiled an entire visual album at the stroke of midnight, got us into formation on the eve of the Super Bowl, and redefined lemonade for a generation. This morning, it was Jay-Z. Hova strolled onto the homepage of the New York Times with a four-minute narration of of illustrative video exploring the the racialized ravages of America's drug war and was like, I'ma just leave this here. Discuss. (laughs) <laughs>
1: Discuss. <laughs>
0: yes. The That's c- awesome. <laughs> The collaboration is the latest from the Drug Policy Alliance, one of the most respected change agents in the multi-decade struggle for sentencing reform, and sane drug policy. Progressive journalist, writer, and studio artist Molly Crabapple is the swift arm bringing life to the pen and ink representations of three decades of poor drug policy, mandatory sentencing, and explosive incarceration rates. Jay's distinctive voice traces the trajectory of American imprisonment from 1986 to 2016 moving deftly from President Ronald Reagan's shredding of the social safety net to President Bill Clinton's crime bill to the new economy of legal marijuana that now excludes African Americans and Latinos. Dream Hampton's production, Genius, brings the piece together. Much respect-
1: I also want to s- throw this into like, mm-hmm. if we're talking about Reagan-era stuff, like, that would also be the time that- mental health became kind of criminalized as well because they shut down all the mental health institutions which they should have they were horrible mm-hmm. but with no alternative plan so all of those people ended up in prison where you just get drugged and shoved in a room like, exactly it's, it, they're, 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 this is a bad time it goes all the way to the top and that's how they, conti- they criminalized mental health they criminalized being black Mm -hmm. they criminalized and they used drugs to do it i mean it's just it's all interconnected and it's terrible
0: yeah exactly and you don't think about it that way when you're looking oh when you're just watching the news you don't think about it that way you have to really dig into why these policies are being put into place and who it's going to hurt who it's affecting and why are we wanting it to affect them in this way you know,
1: peel the onion. Yeah. What if it was your kid? Mm-hmm. Um. I- what if it was you? Like, yeah. I mean, you know, it's just. Um, I've got to stop. We've got to get out of our own perspective, you guys. Yeah.
0: And kind of circling back to what I was talking about er- earlier with the black reporter who was arrested, Omar Jimenez. His mother mm-hmm. saw him get arrested live on TV. Oh, my God. She... His poor mother. She called around everywhere. Literally everywhere. Um, he, He wasn't actually booked, so she couldn't find him at any jail, and she was... So he beside herself whatever, yeah that's
1: probably how they're getting away with it yeah. That's it's
0: terrible she was beside herself uh, thinking the absolute well, worst yes. she was like okay what if my son and is now the person
1: murdered. yeah
0: like what if my son just got murdered because he was oh trying to gosh. report what happened because another to black man job. was murdered yeah and oh my god and he talked uh, about that on tv i
1: can't even imagine I can't yeah. even imagine. But, um, uh, and it's like, just, I have not given birth yet, but I will, I will kill anyone who yeah. comes after my child. <laughs> oh, I know. Caveat being if they become a serial killer. I don't know. Like, <laughs> you're on your own, honey. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so, much respect to the, to the Alliance, Dream, Molly, and Jay for this effort. It is a necessary intervention in this electoral season when the media media seems determined to ignore any substantive discussion of policies impacting the lives of the most vulnerable Americans. It is important, but it is only half the story. If Jay-Z has given us a history of the war on drugs, allow me to offer a history of the war on drugs. Don't get it twisted, this ain't beef. I ain't the real Roxanne. And this ain't exactly rap genius either. My goal here <laughs> My goal here isn't to annotate the piece as it stands. Although a good syllabus can emerge from quality citations on this piece. Get on it, Professor Dyson. I offer these lines to expand our understanding of how black communities were distorted and destroyed by the politics, policies, and philosophies of America's misguided drug war. We need a bigger frame to ensure sisters are in the picture. This is that intersectional expansion. Let's begin at the beginning where J.B. ends. Quote, In 1986, when I was coming of age, Ronald Reagan doubled down on the war on drugs that was started by Richard Nixon in 1971. Drugs were bad, fried your brain. Drug dealers were monsters, the sole reason neighborhoods and major cities were failing. No one wanted to talk about Reaganomics and the ending of social safety nets, the defunding of schools, and the loss of jobs across America. Jay-Z. President Richard Nixon's drug war is the older sibling of hip-hop, born just two years before that Sedgwick Avenue house party that would ultimately birth its own most prescient cultural critic. Like hip-hop, public policy needs rhetorical strategy. Even as black Americans were pressing for full citizenship in the civil rights revolution, lawmakers were stepping into the cipher to test cultural deviance as a battle strategy for public opinion. Citing pathology, they could shift public attention away from structural and inequities burdening poor black communities jay recalls being oh labeled God, a heaven. monster in his own neighborhood when he was just a young man
1: right. yeah jay-z is a monster
0: <laughs> sure okay
1: <laughs> i hope he goes back and is like mm. <laughs> "Hmm." you want to try oh uh, you, you think i'm a fucking monster <laughs> like
0: <laughs> like you want to try again he
1: has <laughs> He is shut the fuck up money yeah like shut the fuck up hard money and beyonce has no you shut the fuck up money like i mean are you kidding me like these are geniuses no oh my god i mean he's a big dude but still no yeah it doesn't big people are the nicest (laughs) yes it's totally the opposite they're cuddly Yes. And he's magnificent. I would. Oh, my God. I can't believe it just called Jay-Z Hutt- Cuddly. <laughs> I've never. I've honestly. I've only heard him in one song and it was a Linkin Park song. He like jumped in on a live tour mm-hmm, album that they did. And that's the only thing I've heard in it. He was amazing. Yeah.
0: <laughs> he's incredible. Yeah, I'm just
1: not a big. Ra- I'm not a big rap person, but I, yeah. I, I, I do like that song. Yeah. That he's in. <laughs> he's great. Yes. And of course, Beyonce is a queen. So,
0: yes. So he wasn't alone. Leaders from both political parties discovered that a sure route to public notoriety was to climb the ladder of black women's bent and broken backs. Take oh my goodness. Mm-hmm, take Democratic Senator Daniel Patrick Moynihan's "The Negro Family: The Case for National Action," written when it was legal to deny housing on the basis of race, legal to pay workers. Are you kidding me? Mm-hmm. Legal to pay workers different wages on the basis of race, and routine to deny what? school admission to black students.
1: Well, I guess it's still legal to pay people to not pay people equally based on their gender so whatever (laughs) not about that right now
0: no despite the overwhelming you know
1: honestly like i listen to things like this and don't you just feel like you're in you're listening to something like from the dark ages yeah and you're like it's fucking 2020 like (laughs) this is supposed to be america we're still so behind who on earth If I hear one more person say America's number one and make America great again, we have never been great. Yeah. Just so everyone knows. We have never been great. We've been good but not great and we're still not great and it's never happened. We're not number one on anything. No. We're number, I think we might be number one in obesity and imprisonment.
0: (laughs) Which is not a good thing to be number one in. You actually want to be real low on that list. Yeah.
1: Yeah, you want to be the lowest on that list. Oh, my God, it's terrible. But yeah. You're deluding yourself if you think this country is the greatest country. Mm-hmm. The principle of this country is, has the potential to make us the greatest country, but no, we're not. And as long as we're as divided as we are right now, we never will be. No. We got to get this fuckhead out of office. Hopefully we will. He's th- the most divisive president I think we've ever had.
0: Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. Um, Which, is- again, is how dictators form. Dictatorships form. It's not good. Yep. It's really not good.
0: Yep. So, despite the overwhelming barriers facing black folk... Moynihan concluded black women were the main problem in our own communities a fundamental fact of negro american family life is the often reversed roles of husband and wife and he added there is probably no single fact of negro american life so little understood by whites come on everyone knows black women's hair is the single fact of black american life least understood by whites can you feel true (laughs) can you feel posthumous side eye sir Moynihan's conclusions granted permission (laughs) to generations of policymakers to imagine poor black women as domineering household managers.
1: Black women have the best hair.
0: Hold on, just a second. Pause. What? Um. All right. So. No. So sorry. What I was saying,
1: like black women have the best hair. Yeah, they do. Unbelievable the amount of stuff you can do with it. Like I. It's insane and beautiful and mysterious and I don't understand it and I'm so jealous and continue. (laughs) (laughs) Especially when they like when they twist, they do like the twists and then your hair is like all just like ropes. It's so Mm -hmm. beautiful. I wish I could do something like that. It's so cool.
0: So, his conclusions granted permission to generations of policymakers to imagine poor black women as domineering household managers whose unfeminine insistence on control both emasculated their potential male partners and destroyed their children's futures. Instead I'm of en- sorry, what? hmm Instead of engaging black women as creative citizens doing the best they could in tough circumstances, the report labeled them as unrelenting cheats, unfairly demanding assistance from the system. This made it easier. Ugh. This made it easier for Reagan to turn black women into Cadillac-driving welfare queens in the 1980s. It was simple for the American public to believe sensational headlines and um, and popular movies in the 1990s, blaming black mothers as the cause of social and economic decline through the epidemic of "quote unquote" crack babies. Listen, Halle oh, Berry. Halle Berry got caught out there with this madness. Nah, we didn't forget losing Isaiah. We are going to let it slide because we knew you had to work, but we did not forget. (laughs) (laughs) The reality is these so-called crack babies were a myth. What seemed to be the living, squealing, suffering, embodied evidence of pathological black womanhood turns out to be a media creation. 25 years later, there is no evidence that use of crack actually causes abnormal babies, even though the media insisted this link were true the crack baby don't do it though yeah like don't do it but the crack do, baby was use hard
1: drugs when you're pregnant but also
0: like the crack baby was and is a racial myth a myth with very real yes. consequences yes so oh that's so sad yeah so quote um quote sorry hustle became the sole villain and drug addicts lacked moral fortitude in the 1990s incarceration rates in the u.s blew up today we incarcerate more people than any other country in the world jay-z crack babies are terrible yep crack babies are a myth but you
1: guys like listen to my segment and you'll hear the jump yeah that happened there
0: Crack babies are a myth, but alcohol and tobacco have well-documented and extremely negative effects during pregnancy. Alcohol and tobacco have something else in common. Good lobbyists representing in Washington and in state capitals across the country. Maybe that is why you can't be arrested for arriving to give birth drunk. But in many states, you can be arrested if you have illicit drugs in your system when you give birth. Arrested.
1: Also, who's showing up to give birth drunk?
0: Horrible mothers
1: is my question.
0: <laughs> Horrible mothers, but we it's don't have time like, to get All right, into
1: that. I'm in labor. All right, I'm in labor. <laughs> Let's get shit faced, bitches. Like uh, what? Uh, and you should absolutely be arrested for that.
0: Yeah, you should, but that's not the point this is making.
1: Oh my goodness, gracious.
0: <laughs> um arrested actually i'm
1: not really sure you should be arrested it's probably more of like here's a recovery plan ma'am
0: that's my next sentence
1: (laughs) yeah um (laughs) it's like when are we gonna finally treat addiction like the thing that it is which is somebody that needs that needs help yeah (laughs) get them into a program dude
0: so but in many states, you can be arrested if you have illicit drugs in your system when you give birth. Ugh. Arrested, oh not offered drug counseling or prenatal care. Arrested. Many of those states have, in turn, seen a substantial and decline. Taken
1: away from your child. Mm-hmm. The worst possible thing.
0: Yep. Uh, many of those states have, in turn, seen a substantial decline in poor women seeking prenatal care. Perhaps since, no surprise, 70% of women charged with fetal abuse are women of color. I wonder why oh, they gosh. are the ones being tested. While we are dragging pregnant so terrible, yep. While we are dragging pregnant black women off to jail, no one is held accountable for the one factor that has been shown consistently to have lasting effects on the health and life outcomes of mothers and children. poverty.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, nearly a quarter... Being
1: broken families, being broken up from your family like that is terrible and traumatic. Mm-hmm. We talked about that in the foster care episode.
0: Oh, yeah. Um. Nearly a quarter of American children live in poverty. Black infants are far more likely to be born into poverty, more likely to die in their first year, and more likely to suffer the health effects of poverty for a lifetime. A 2015- 2015... So sad. Mm-hmm. A 2015 report by Which Save. This is also
1: why we need paid maternity leave for women. For fuck's sake.
0: Yep. Oh. A 2015 report by Save it's the Children. All <laughs> it's all
1: connected. It's all connected. There's so much. It is. It's so easy to get overwhelmed. Oh my goodness.
0: It is. I I'm. I'm sorry. I know this is going long, but I promise there's not much left. Um, No,
1: you're fine. What's the (laughs) matter with (laughs) you? I'm just overwhelmed. Just keep going. No, we're just at an
0: hour and a half. So I'm trying to. No, it's fine. The last
1: one was an hour and a half, too. It's fine.
0: So, a 2015 report by Save the Children also ranked the United States last among developed nations for maternal health outcomes, largely because of the racial disparities for black women. And maybe I missed it, but has anyone been charged for poisoning the children of Flint, Michigan with lead yet? But as, oh my
1: god, that was crazy. Yeah,
0: but as Jay says, no one wants to talk about that.
1: Um, if you want to hear about that, we don't have time to get into that. You guys, um, John Oliver has, a, has a great episode about it. Just type in John Oliver, Flint, Michigan. Yeah. And you can hear all about it and it's insane. Yeah. Um, uh, and it's super dark. And I think at the end he shows you like a hamster and a speedo or something just like <laughs> as an incentive to keep listening. Like, it's, yeah, it's rough, but he does a really good job explaining all of it.
0: So, quote, the war on drugs exploded the U.S. prison population, disproportionately locking away blacks and Latinos. Mm -hmm. Once the public has been convinced that culture and choices not structures or policies, are to blame for bad outcomes. Solutions coalesce around individual punishments rather than systemic change. Let's lock up the bad guys instead of changing the bad laws. The prison population exploded, and the effects of that explosion were not gender-neutral. The war on drugs was especially pernicious for black women." Even though the total number of men behind bars is larger than the total number of women, the rate of growth for women has been faster. According to data... So
1: crazy. mm -hmm.
0: According to data from the sentencing project, between 1980 and 2014, the number of incarcerated women increased by more than 700%. These are... That's
1: insane! mm Mm-hmm. 700% is too high, unless you're talking about profits in a company. Yeah, That's insane! That's insane. Yep, that's insane. My mind is blown and I'm stuck, I can't.
0: (laughs) Oh, my God. These are disproportionately black women. The Department of Justice reports the rate of incarceration is almost twice as high for black versus white women. 113 per 100,000 compared with 51 per 100,000.
1: Oh, my gosh.
0: Given that nearly 60% of these women are mothers who are caring for minor children before their sentencing, mm-hmm. the jailing of black women also has a devastating effect on black children and communities. Research suggests... Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Uh, research suggests that maternal incarceration can have a particularly acute effect on children's mental and emotional well-being. Quote,
1: yeah, you need your mom. Mm-hmm. Oh, God.
0: Quote, judges' hands were tied by tough-on-crime laws, and they were forced to hand out mandatory life sentences for simple possession and low-level drug sales. My home st- Oh,
1: my God. Mm-hmm. Life sentences for possession?
0: Oh, Yeah. That's insane. Yeah. Um, my home state of New York started this with Rockefeller laws. Most women in federal prison are serving time for nonviolent drug offenses, often conspiracy charges. The public hears oh drug conspiracy and thinks oh of... Oh,
1: my God. That is so stupid. hmm
0: The public hears drug conspiracy and thinks of large-scale organizations operating across borders. Think instead of a woman living with an infant and her boyfriend. Given that the overwhelming majority of incarcerated women are survivors of domestic abuse, sexual violence, and childhood trauma, it is likely this woman is in a situation where she or her children may experience abuse. If her boyfriend sells drugs from the apartment and she is arrested and asked if she knows anything, she has two choices. She can confirm her knowledge of the drug sales or deny it. If she confirms, she can be evicted. She may suffer violence. If she refuses to cooperate, she faces harsh mandatory minimum sentencing. Jay tells us... It's insane.
1: It's a literal rock in a hard place. Yeah. It's like literally the witch hunt from Salem. You, Mm -hmm. You might as well be an accused person in Salem. Yeah. So we can hang you, and if you survive... Then you're a witch and we'll just let you go. Or you can confess and we'll execute you. W- uh, what? <laughs> I'm sorry?
0: Either way, you're fucked. How
1: How? how was that choices? <laughs> <laughs> we can kill you or we can kill you. <laughs> Shame you and kill you. Yeah. Ugh, it's just terrible. It's so terrible.
0: Jay tells us to rem- Your life
1: is fucked for a situation that was out of your control.
0: Mm-hmm. Jay tells us to remember his home state of New York's Rockefeller laws. I ask you to remember the story from my home state of Virginia, Kimba Smith. Kimba is a poster child for how these drug laws swept up black women who were guilty of little more than being victims. She was seven months pregnant, had no criminal record, was charged with a nonviolent offense, and was in an abusive relationship with a man who ran a major drug ring. Still Kimba was sentenced to 24 years in prison as a result of mandatory minimum drug laws. It is Kimba's graduation photo on the cover of Emerge magazine that haunts the nightmare of those college bound girls who subs- suburban childhoods didn't look like jay's brooklyn upbringing her story said this was a war with weapons powerful enough to lay ruin the different world dreams of black girls quote long after the crack era ended we continued the war on drugs in 1999 sharonda jones was 23 and had an eight-year-old daughter when she was arrested and convicted on one count of conspiracy to distribute crack cocaine conspiracy she was given a life sentence Life without the That's possibility insane. of parole. What mm-hmm. rapists don't
1: even get that?
0: Nope. And she was 23. Pedophiles don't get that. Nope.
1: Murderers don't get that.
0: Mm-hmm. And she got That's this insane. She got it for a single count of a non-violent offense.
1: That's insane. Mm-hmm. That's absolutely insane.
0: In May 2014, having already spent 15 years in a maximum security prison, she wrote a heart-wrenching letter trying to help the world see the madness of this injustice. There is no reduction, no good behavior that will ever reduce my sentence and allow me to return to society. I know that unless President Obama or one of his successors commutes my sentence. I will die in this prison. A life sentence in the federal system is just a very slow death.
1: Oh, my God. And she shouldn't be there. No. She shouldn't be there. And people are talking about how overpopulated our prisons are and, like, we need to hand out pardons. Those are the fucking pardons that need to be given out.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh, Clinton... Why are
1: we letting the rapists and murderers go? Get all the drug people out of there. Yeah. all out. Mm-hmm. Nonviolent drug offenses out of prison. Yep. Done. Done.
0: Clinton granted clemency to Kimba Smith in 2000. President Barack Obama granted clemency to Sharonda Jones in 2016. They are finally free, but these are just two stories out of the hundreds of thousands of women still suffering in a system where our national response to black women who are guilty of being victims of poverty, of structural inequality, of abuse, and of trauma to lock them away, strip them of parental rights, Permanently damage their ability to seek education, secure housing, start businesses, and choose their elected representatives. And it begins when they are girls. Black girls are suspended, criminalized, pushed out of school, and into a juvenile system where they receive disproportionately harsh sentences, often in the wake of severe emotional and sexual trauma. Oh my god. Quote. So upsetting. "Mm -hmm. The war on drugs is an epic fail. Jay-Z. Jay and his collaborators have drawn our attention back to this critical issue. We must look and listen and grapple with the cost of this war, not just the fifty one billion dollars the United States waste annually, dollars that could be spent mm-hmm. in infrastructure, education, or really anything else.
1: Like literally anything else. Mm-hmm. I was just about to say like you literally th- anything would be better than what you're than that. Yeah. Invested in a giant wheel of cheese for the White House again. I don't give a shit, but this is not where it needs to be.
0: <laughs> yeah. This abbreviated history asks us to calculate the cost of lost genius, broken families, hollow communities, and stolen futures caused by decades of ill-advised policing and draconian sentencing. We should do the math this video is asking of us, then multiply it. Absolutely. And that is wow. the herstory. Those really and the war on drugs that was really
1: good and mind blowing Good God, oh man, all right, well, we didn't do a game on our last episode, and I think it's appropriate that we carry that through this time um any time that we laughed or made jokes, it's just because we are i mean this is partially a comedy podcast we were not being we are not disrespecting anyone. Um, This is just the way that we process. Um, Mm -hmm. We're just processing out loud. And both of us giggle when we're nervous and uncomfortable. (laughs) And we definitely are listening and we're learning and um, we are supporting in the only way that we can. So we hope that you guys will do that as well and that we can all hold hands and see some real change come out of this instead of just a blow up followed by then ignoring it and nothing changing. Mm-hmm. Hopefully this time it w- will be different. So yeah, with all of us paying attention, hopefully, um, did you want to plug anything or anything that you want to add? No. All right. Well, you guys please remember that even though all of this is going on, COVID is still a thing. So please, even though other people aren't wearing their masks please make sure you're wearing your masks washing your hands being safe just because things are opening up doesn't mean that it's safe outside it's just because people want to comp- want want the economy to open back up so please 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 stay safe um follow the protocol i'm being the weirdo that wears my mask everywhere still even though everyone no one else is i don't care i i am terrified so, oh i wear mine everywhere um, too
0: and i've seen yeah, a lot I more wear customers everywhere. wearing theirs so
1: good um it's been really lax where i am and we have like a lot of outbreaks where i am and people just don't they they. someone was setting up for a yard sale when i left my house oh my morning. god it's just ins- yeah it's absolute insanity so please be the weirdo it's like you can look at me like i'm weird but i'm not gonna have the virus so yeah um <laughs> anyway uh definitely do that do your best to be an ally um do your best to pro to protest and and show your show our solidarity in a- any way that we're able to and more than anything remember
0: you are not a monster unless you're derek chovin go fuck yourself
1: <laughs> bye, bye guys. guys we love you Thank you for listening to Talk Crooked. Music is by Gisla Nibok. Check out our website, talkcrooked.wixsite.com podcast for sources and visual aids, as well as resources to get involved. To keep up with our nonsense and stay up to date on all things Crooked, you can follow us on Instagram, Twitter, Tumblr, and Facebook at Talk Crooked. To keep the shots coming, access ex- exclusive bonus content, get a free poster, and a shout out on air, head on over to our Patreon. All links
0: can be found on our website.